0: listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 177. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with health coaches and hosts of the Sweated Out podcast, Anthony Mendez and Brian Garita, to talk about resilience, mental toughness, and the story behind the podcast. Anthony and Brian share their perspectives on mental strength and their podcast journey, how this avenue helped both of them expand their point of views and what moves them to continue their journey. If you want to know the backstory and the inspiration behind Sweat It Out and the ins and outs of being health coaches, then this is a must-listen episode.
1: Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athletes' Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the
0: next level. What if you could rapidly accelerate your team's performance and skill acquisition just minutes before a practice or game? Neurotrainer triggers high-performance states with virtual reality brain training that can be deployed in the gym or at home. In just eight minutes, your team will be more focused and ready for whatever you or the game throws at them. Visit Neurotrainer.com to schedule your demo and get your team locked in.
2: Hey, Josh and Anthony, how are you? We're doing great. How are you? Doing great, brother. Thanks for having us on. Awesome, man. Well, I'm honored to have you on my show. This is going to be really cool just to talk about your mindset. Everything's about mindset on my show. As uh, fitness coaches, also your mindset as podcast hosts, for your, as right behind you, it's it's showing Sweat It Out in your podcast. So I'm really excited to share with my listeners just what's going on in your world, how you're dealing with the pandemic, how you're dealing. How, how things are affecting your mindset. So this is going to be an awesome show.
1: Oh yeah. We yeah, think so too. We're, to yeah, we're excited.
2: All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, my favorite part of the show is about mental toughness. So I'll start with you, Josh. When you think about me- being mentally tough or mental toughness, what does that mean to you?
1: Mental toughness. Wow. Uh, great, great question. I, I think, you know, the big, the big thing that comes to mind is, is having grit, you know, and grit really comes down to a, a couple different factors, right? Being being resilient, you know, being able to take on obstacles and, and handle the punches, you know, so to say, uh, with, with the things that are going on in your life, whether it be with family, with business, uh, with, with your significant other, as well as, you know, being able to pers- persevere, you know, being able to overcome those obstacles time and time and time again, you know, because once you can be resilient and you can take the punches and then you can overcome those obstacles and do it again, do it again you can see, you can really feel the results before they even occur. You know, it's just that sensation that you get.
2: Definitely. And when you you talk about resilience, you know, we talked about this before the show a little bit, but, you know, resilience, mentally tough, grit, these words, they, they all interconnect. They all have their own place in the world and society. But when you think about being resilient and being mentally tough, we have to learn how to bend with situations and how do we bend how do we have that resiliency? We, we get into our breath. That's how we get mm-hmm. present. So I, I love that you brought that up. Now, staying on this topic with you, when you reflect on your career, is there a specific time where you had to be mentally tough?
1: Well, right off the bat, you know, right now, uh, I'm, I'm going through a pretty challenging time. And luckily, I have this guy to help me out, uh, you know, when I when I need someone to lean on a little bit. Vice uh, so, versa. yeah, so thank, thank God I have him. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a salesman, you know I, i'm I'm launching a new 12-week really intensive uh, lifestyle coaching program. It has to do with training, like you talked about breath work, right? meditation, sleep, nutrition, all that stuff. but i, I I'm not a salesman. i I'm, I'm naturally an introvert, even though my job requires me to be an extrovert, whether it be social media or, or talking with my clients or even on the podcast, uh, talking with the guests that we have on, talking with people like you, when we go on uh, other people's podcasts. So for me, like being my, my biggest cheerleader has never been a strength of mine, you know, so getting in front of someone, getting on a, a Zoom call where I'm trying to sell something to someone, for me, my background's in strength conditioning. So, you know, as you know, working with a bunch of athletes and working with teams, it's really like a, a churn and burn type system. You know, it's the athletes come in, you train them, you tell them what to do, they leave. If they don't do what you tell them to do, you just talk to their coach, then they get them to, to do what you want to do right? Whereas, you know, if I were working with you as a client, I really have to take into the fact that, you know, I'm working for you, you're not working for me. So how do I go about trying to make you as the client or as a prospective client understand that, you know, what I believe in, what I really, really truly understand is like my pillars of uh, of strength, what those are and how those really equate to you. It's it's something that's been a huge challenge for me. So you know, and we talked about this uh, before the podcast started as well as like, you know, having that, that team around you, having someone like Anthony here. So when I do have those tough days, he can, he can tell me like, you know, suck it up, man. You're going to be good. You know, just keep grinding, keep, keep working. And, and, and what you're, what you seek will come as long as the message is clear. Totally. You know, I think all of us know on, on this podcast
2: that how important support systems are, especially right now with, with pandemic. And also when you're just doing new adventures, when you're doing new things and get, getting out of your comfort zone. But you know, we'll talk a little bit about collaboration because as much as me being the only person in my company for the most part, man, when I get to collaborate, man, that's where my frequency is just, uh, I just, it goes, man. And that's where, you know, I feel like we don't, we shouldn't do a lot of stuff by ourselves. So, mm-hmm. um, so we have people like you two having each other, man, that that's awesome. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Collaboration is, is huge in the fitness industry in, oh, yeah. in particular. You know, it's, it's a way for us to grow our audience, right? Like I can pull from, from Anthony's audience. He can pull from my audience because even though we do, do, we do perform in very similar ways, there's still, you know, little nuances to our personalities that come out in the work that we do that, you know, might be different. So us working together, us working with, you know, great podcast hosts like you, you know, really allows us not only to expand our audience, but really expand inside of our own personal toolbox. If you're not yeah.
3: collaborating, you're losing. Yeah. X.
2: Man, I love that. And I'll get to you on Mentally Tough here in a second, <laughs> Anthony. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing some projects with my mentor. And um, he just is incredible. He's one of the best in, in his disciplines. But we both were talking about it yesterday. and we're, we're doing meditation music and I'm creating a lot of music. And he's actually doing a lot of spoken word meditations on top of it.
1: And amazing
2: we both talked about like, you know, we could both do this by ourselves, but it just wouldn't be that fun and Mm. feeding off each other's energy. And and before he gets on the microphone and he like talks to me like, Hey, what are you thinking on this? I'm feeding him all these cool words that he's not even thinking about. And then he's feeding me words to think about when I'm actually creating the music. So it's just hitting the ball back and forth. And I'm like, man, I wouldn't have had that energy exchange if I was doing it by myself.
1: Yeah. I, I completely agree. And you know, even before Anthony and I started our own podcast, the Sweated Out podcast, I had originally uh, started my own and I had recorded maybe like, you know, four or five episodes. And then I started to realize like, you know, some something was really missing there. You know, like I need someone else here to kind of vibe off of and, and feel that energy. And I couldn't think of anyone better than this guy.
2: Right on. Right on. Well, let's talk to this guy. Hey, so when you think about Anthony, when you think about uh, mental toughness or being mentally tough,
3: what does that mean to you? So, you know, one, 100% off the bat, you know, I think um, something that you guys, you and Josh were talking about, you know, being resilient, having resilience obviously sticks out. And I think that's, you know, huge, a huge key factor in mental toughness. But I think also on top of that, it's understanding and accepting failure. You know, I tell, Um, anybody I talk to or my clients, you know, you gotta understand that failure is feedback. It's constant feedback that you're gonna get and you're gonna be able to then learn it, apply it, use it the right way to be able to succeed in whatever it is that you were failing at. And understanding that is what's gonna help you succeed and understanding that's what's gonna help you feel down the road more confident. Because at the end of the day, if you don't put in the reps and fail through your reps over and over again until you get there you're not going to be able to build confidence. Yeah. The only way to build confidence is through failure. The only way to build confidence is through that feedback. And it's one of those things where I feel a lot of people hold themselves back mentally because of that failure, or they take it as such a big loss or something so negative when in reality it's not, it's it's actually something that we need in order to succeed and without it, then success wouldn't be success. So for me, mental toughness surrounds itself a lot around
2: failure. Man, it's, it's, it's perfect what you're saying. Uh, I was just actually talking about this today with a, with a football team. But, you know, when you don't have a relationship with failure, what happens to you in the moment is you get emotionally paralyzed. You get emotionally charged. And so what it does, something that just happened that's out of your control is actually getting you out of focus. And, and if you can, if any athlete or performer or high performer can really Train your mindset and your body to get that feedback in the moment, that information. That's how you stay in your lane. And that's how you actually keep on moving towards success. And I love it how you brought it up. That's, that's, that's how we become successful. So I think with the language, and this is what I preach, is, you know, if the energetic pull of success and succeeding is forward or up, right? Because that's what happens to our, our body language, our motions, our breath gets more relaxed, our, our shoulders get back, Right. So if we're going up, then, and we know that failure is part of success and so let's fail up, let's fail forward. Let's oh, yeah. fail fast to move on. Yeah. So just having different language and a different uh, relationship with failure. So, I mean, I, I think it's beautiful that you brought that up. Now, can you share a specific time throughout your whole career where you had to be mentally tough?
3: Oh man, you know, definitely there's been multiple. Um, but I would say one that stuck out for me the most was the moment I had to transition out of uh, Equinox um, when I was a trainer, um, same I know uh, Josh worked there as well. He worked on the beach. I worked in Coral Gables, um, and that's actually where we met. But I would say that it was the moment that I had to leave, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because for me that was a huge leap of faith I had to take, and there was a lot of mental toughness around that because there was a lot of different things going on um, between my bosses at the gym. Myself telling my telling myself what the best decision is my my parents, you know stuff like that, family, friends and it's because at that time, I was also building my social media um, and and honestly, I'm glad to this day that I made the right decision, and it's because I realized that they didn't see something that could have actually helped the company in the long run that's mm-hmm. what I feel. Um, obviously understanding corporate is corporate. They have their rules and standards, but the whole thing was, you know, I was building something that they got scared of. They thought I was going to be able to use it against or use it, um, to only myself be beneficial when in reality I was just building something to be able to either, Push at the current time. I had a little small sports brand, sportswear brand, to push my sportswear brand, and eventually I could even use it to bring in leads for my clients in the gym. Obviously, that's not how they saw it. Um, they took as a threat, you know, Mm -hmm. especially having myself worked with another trainer who we were shooting content, and he left because of social media. And he had said, "Hey, look, I'm quitting because I'm taking my business online. Social media is doing well for me." And he left, and I continued doing. We would shoot each other or each other's videos, and you know obviously they didn't like that and i had no plans literally no plans on leaving that place um at least not at the moment maybe not till another year maybe uh but i had no plans and he left like two months well after him of leaving two months um i start getting i start feeling like i'm being hawk eyed. you know mm-hmm. and it's like every movement i would take you know, where are you going? Like, why aren't you going to be here? Hey, we haven't seen you um, hanging out around the lobby as much. And keep in mind, I was, my numbers were, were fine. You know, and we're doing a summer transition, which if I'm hitting a full time, you know, number at Equinox during the summer, that's pretty good. Um, right. Josh can tell you. Yeah. Down <laughs> here, especially. So I get it. If my numbers were rough, I understand if my numbers were taking a dip and and they can then present, Hey, like what's going on? Where are you putting more attention? But, The matter of fact is none of that was happening and I was just getting to the, it got to the point where I was presented by, um, you know, one of the bosses at the time and confronted and and they kind of gave me an ultimatum. It was like, you know, we don't, we don't like what you're doing. We don't want you doing that anymore. We want you to just focus only on this. And they gave me that ultimatum. And honestly, you know, I'm glad I chose to stick with what I believed was sticking to my social media making that jump, even though I was not prepared, which I wasn't. And the reason, the reason I'm going to bring that up is because not always in life do you have to be prepared. Right. Um, and sometimes you have to understand that whatever you feel that is most aligned with you. And if it's in that gut, that gut feeling that you get and you feel so totally aligned and you know, this is the right decision, then it's probably the right decision you have to make whether you're prepared or not. Um, and for me, that was a decision and that was a mental tough moment where I had to accept that and understand that whether I want to see it as a failure or as a win, no matter what it is, I knew that that was the right choice. Obviously making that choice, getting out of Equinox, I had to now go out there, build myself up by myself, build my own independent clientele, rebuild, put myself out there. Thank God, obviously I had the social media, which helped me in the presence but it was a scary moment because I was leaving a job that I was making anywhere between 75 to 90 K, you know, a year, you know, something that was pretty good for being a trainer in a big box gym. And um, that was a mentally tough moment. But I, I I will tell you that for, especially for anybody out there, if you're coming across with a situation like that, and you feel like you're truly doing something great for yourself and you truly feel that you align with whatever it is that you have, or you're doing an opportunity, don't hesitate to go for it if you truly believe in it. Yeah, man. That's a great story. And thanks for sharing. I think there's a lot of great lessons
2: uh, through that story. I, you know, when you think about transition, when you're transitioning out of sport, you're transitioning out of your job, out of an industry, you're going out on your own. Not only is that that's physically and mentally tough, but there's there's the inner dialogue that kicks in, that inner critic, right? Even oh, yeah. though you might be scared as hell doing it, um, you know that's that those are the moments where you start talking to yourself and not listening cuz you could, you could easily fall in the trap of listening to all the fear and the doubt and all the other guys are like you know putting pressure on you and why are you doing this and you know it can make you crumble a little bit but if you can talk to it and get empowered that's awesome and it and it i just want to bring this up because i remember i don't know 6 7 years ago when I wanted to leave my corporate job to do this to my podcast and being a mental performance coach and running my company, I remember my mentor who I just started. And I was like, he asked me the question. He's like, well, why haven't you done it yet? Like, why are you still working your, your quote unquote day job? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I just don't know if I'm ready yet financially. I don't know if I'm going to, I mean, I'm making so much money right now. I don't know how I'm going to make that transition. And I remember his, his story was just like, listen, I know you're at the end, end of the edge of the cliff. Shit is fucking scary, man. You're standing, you're looking down going, oh my God, like, I don't want to jump. And he goes, I'm just going to tell you jump because guess what? You're not going to die. He's like, dude, you have t- you, you've been so successful as an athlete, as a coach, as, as a, prof- you know, professional in, the, in corporate America, you're not going to fail, man. He goes, but I, I get it. The hardest part is when you want to jump, but when you jump, you're not going to die. So dude. When you get a jump, and I'm like, hey, I gotta talk to my wife real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But it's true, man. You just gotta you sometimes you're not prepared for it and you just do it, man. Mm-hmm. You trust yourself. Yeah. That's an awesome story, man. So let's let's jump in a little bit about your about your podcast. Uh, but before we get into to sweat it out, um, and I want to talk a little bit about that name as well. But how did you two meet and, and what motivated you to to join
1: forces? to you, whatever you want. Uh, all right, I'll go. So we had, uh, you know, we had obviously, as Anthony said, worked uh, for the same company, Equinox for, you know, about three years together. And, and we had taken some of their educational classes that they make, they make the trainers go through, like making the rounds, doing all of that stuff. Um, and we vibe pretty instantly. You know, it's, it's tough being in Miami uh, when you're a high performer, because there's, you know, there's a lot of fluff. It, it's a lot of show a lot of flash not a lot of bang distractions. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, when you when you meet someone that that is a high performer that is really driven, you know, that that is willing to take those risks that you guys were talking about, you know, it's it's an attractive thing that you you don't want to get away from, right? And I, I think that that was the case with both of us. Uh so we were, you know, we would work out together. I was obviously on South Beach and he was in Coral Gables, so about 30 45 minute drive. So when we were in the same club, we'd work out and you know, shoot, shoot the shit with each other. And, uh, you know, it kind of fostered our relationship from there. And then when he left and I left, we started shooting more content together and, you know, doing a couple one-off like big workouts at, you know, some of the hotels on, on the beach or in Coral Gables uh, and it, it really kind of went from there. And then obviously with, with the lockdown and, and COVID, uh, we, we jumped right into the podcast. We thought it would be the perfect time. Beautiful.
2: And, Tell me about the name. I mean, obviously I, I get it. You guys are both in the fitness industry, but uh, tell me about the, about the name and, and what do you are, tr- what are you trying to achieve, uh, you know, having this show?
1: Well, I think, you know, sweat it out. What is that? What does that really personify? You know, we talked about these difficult moments that people go through in life and how transformative they they really can be if you make the right decision. And if you do believe in yourself and obviously the, the health and fitness component of like sweating and, and working hard and all that stuff, everyone, you know, reson, that resonates with with a lot of people, but, you know, sweating it out in other areas of your life, right? In your case, talking about mindset, having those difficult conversations with other people about the things that are going on in your life, having those difficult internal conversations about, are you ready to really make the jump? You know, what are you afraid of? What are those limiting beliefs? Like that can be difficult and that can be you know, very, very challenging for a lot of people. You got to sweat through it. You know, you got to be able to, oh, you know, yeah. when you started your business, it wasn't always roses, I'm sure. You know, it's right. not for us either. You got to put in the, the legwork, you know, with, my, with both of our online coaching businesses. If we're not doing podcasts. We're on Instagram DMing people, you know, nonstop, going crazy. You know, I don't think really either of us want to be on our phones 24-7, but it's something we have to do. You got to sweat it out. Right. You know, you got to grind. You got to put in the work if you want people to respect you and if you want to be, you know, a leader in your field. So just get after it. Start sweating it out.
2: Yeah, man. It's like for me, it's, uh, you know, we talk, we call mental push-ups, you know, I mean, and to be, you know, to rep that out, mental push-ups is, it's breath, man. Taking mm. conscious breathing, meditation, um, you know, even even self-talk, you know, mentally. So, so sweating it out, man. I, I love it. Now, and I know, Anthony, you're more, working with fitness coaches and coaches and getting their business going. Right. And Josh, you're more, you're doing that as well. It seems like, but you're also working with athletes and doing strength and conditioning.
1: Fitness yeah. yeah. So w- working with general population I have a couple of athletes I work with in the off season, but more focused on helping people get healthy, helping them, you know, to your point, really get that mental shift going. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, as you know, you know, that's really when you start to see big time long-term results you know is when you can make that mental shift and say okay no more i'm not doing this anymore it's time to make a change
3: totally big time and then you know over here i would say it was me just moving from i've always been in the fitness and health field that i've been coaching for 10 plus years but i realized that i really had a passion for the business side of it and and really continue working in the health and fitness field, but focusing on the coaches. And yet again, like Josh said, mindset component is huge. And the first thing I, I, I teach these coaches in our program is bulletproof mindset. And I tell them, it's not just about building a mindset. It's about building one that's bulletproof because that bulletproof mindset is what's going to help you Get from one level to the other because the moment you get to that first level and you're feeling great, you got to climb the stairs up again and then you're going to hit a plateau. And that 's the second floor, and in that second floor what 's that what 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 is it going to take to get to the third floor it 's that mindset because all those fears the self doubts you know all those limited belief factors that come from the bottom are going to creep up into that second floor, and now you have to have a stronger mindset to climb up the stairs again, and then you 're going to climb up you 're going to hit another level, and then that same plateau happens, and then the same exact fears are going to come out again, boom 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 hit you, and you have to have a stronger mindset you know so I dive deep into that because it really is important to have a strong mindset and then for there to be able to create a high optimizing schedule, a schedule that is a schedule that you can respect, that you can marry, that you can stick to. And one thing I always tell people is if you don't respect your schedule, your schedule doesn't respect you. So with a strong bulletproof mindset and a, and a schedule that is optimized, that's how you're going to be able to succeed because all the tools are amazing. And the same thing was with fitness coaching. Every tool is amazing. It's amazing to have all these tools, and I'm I'm sure with you as well as 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 coaching with a mindset, you have all these tools. But when you don't apply them, when you don't have the mindset to get through them, when you don't have the optimized schedule to actually plug them into your daily life and routine to actually do them, then nothing's going to happen. So without those two biggest components at first, you can't do the other amazing things that you have. And then you won't see the results. So that's why so I I hone on in the, on on that so much and I really drive it off the bat. I'm always like, guys, you understand this. You understand the the mindset and the and the scheduling component because these are the two things that are gonna help you to succeed, literally. And the rest is consistency. Totally.
1: He's always telling me to get out of my head. Always. Every day. <laughs> I hear you, man. There's a lot of
3: traffic
2: that goes between our our two ears, right? I, I got a lot
1: of thoughts. <laughs> I'm with you, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, all of us do. I mean, we, on a typical day, we're, we're between 30,000 up to 70,000 thoughts a day. I mean, that's a lot of traffic. And then you throw mm-hmm. on your emotions, you know, six to seven core emotions up to 27. Man, if you're rocking, if you're like, if you're really active emotionally and, and with your thoughts, talk about a walking distraction, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and I love what you're saying, Andy, uh, Anthony, because it's, if you, we have all these tools, it's a lot of two easies. If you really think about all the, st- all the tools that we have, it's really easy to do and it's really easy not to do. And nothing happens when nothing happens. And so, and I know it's our jobs as coaches to implement processes and behaviors, right? And the buy-in for them to start changing it so they can actually feel that it's easy and feel that they can, they're they confident and feel that they can own their time and make better decisions. So I'm going to ask both of you within your roles. So Anthony, when you're coaching your clients, what is what is the... What's the what's the best thing that you feel as a coach? Like what do you experience when when you're working with somebody? What's the best thing about being a coach?
3: The best thing about being a coach is is when you can see the transformation from the beginning to the middle, and then of course to the end. But it's 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 in that transformation when you can see the smiles, when you can see the laughters, when you can experience that with them, you can see the also too the 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 shedding of the layers that they're peeling out of themselves and actually realizing that they can do this. And when they can come to you and tell you like, wow, like I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this or I couldn't believe I would ever be here. And I never thought that, you know, this would be for me and thank you. And I tell them you're welcome, but thank yourself. Yeah. Thank yourself as well, because you got yourself here. If it wasn't for you to take that first step, you would have not, done what you're doing today. And you're the one putting in the work. So thank yourself, give yourself that love and and celebrate that one time to be able to accept that you are doing a good job. And for me, yeah. having that communication and seeing that come into effect, the process of it is what I love out of it. And like I said, the smiles, the laughters, the the, the awareness, the realization, and just seeing the, the, the growth of, of, of these clients. It's, it's truly beautiful.
2: It is man. Celebrating the process, man. It's uh, that's, that's where, that's what we can control is the process and that's in creating that journey for them. Uh, it's beautiful, man. Uh, what about you,
1: Josh? I mean, I, I would definitely have to double down on, on what he said about, you know, seeing that joy that my coaching process brings to other people and on top of that, I, I train a couple I, a couple couples, right? Uh, married couples, and and they have kids, and it's really really cool for me when I'm training both of them, and their four-year-old kid comes in and is super excited to show me, you know, I gave I gave one of my one of my clients, I, I trained the whole family, but I gave them like these little four kilo like tiny kettlebells. And every morning the kid comes out, their oldest son, and he comes out and he's like, I want to show you what I can do. And like, so he does his little deadlifts and he'll do his push-ups and I'll do push-ups with him. And that yeah. that is the most amazing thing to me because not only am I changing my client's life, but I'm facilitating the change that will lead to a better life for their children right yeah. through through the actions and the habits that i teach my clients and that's really the biggest thing for me because you know i grew up in a in a low income area in a low income household and to to understand that in order for my kids to have a better life i have to work really hard and i have to have a better life and i have to have better habits than my parents had and yeah. better better habits than my grandparents had you know so to be able to see that the things that i'm teaching my clients is trickling down to their kids is extremely powerful and something that I will remember for the rest of my life, no matter what happens.
2: That, that just, that makes me feel good hearing that stuff, man. You know, it's, um, you know, we're all coaching. We all have different dynamics that we deal with, you know, especially when stuff that I'm working with um, and the t- topics can get deep because as a mental performance coach, you are going in as a coach, motivational speaker, therapist, counselor, you wear all these different hats. So Mm -hmm. for me, like when I, when I get to see an athlete, first of all, is vulnerable with their feelings, right? Victory goes to the vulnerable. When they're, when they're vulnerable and they're willing to try this stuff on and, and they're seeing like, they're, they're seeing the success or they're seeing progress to me, like my frequency, I'm like a, like a little puppy dog with his whale, you know, tail wagging. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love this. Like mm-hmm. that. You're just bought in. Like anybody that's and they're taking notes or they come yeah. back and they share with me in their journal. I'm like, yeah, man, like you're locked in, you're getting locked in, you're staying locked in. And so for me as a coach, man, I, I that's the stuff that really gets me, man. It's just that vulnerability piece and being connected to the work.
1: It does feel good. Yeah. No, yeah. there, there is a huge emotional component that goes to coaching. Right. And, and, It can be draining at times, but it can also be motivating for us as coaches. I I feel, you know, when when you do see people open up to you in ways that they wouldn't open up to other people, and you know, at the end of the day, you might have only worked with them for three, four months. You know, you're still kind of a stranger to them, but the fact that they're comfortable enough to share those experiences, good and bad, with you, you know, I think is a testament to you know who you are as a person and and what you're able to do as a coach, really. And I think too, like.
3: It's it's amazing too when you actually see coaches who are are aligned themselves to train with other coaches, you know, because you know for many coaches that's a difficult thing to do, getting out of that scarcity mindset. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when you can see that, and you, and obviously, you know, you as a coach experience that yourself, you being worked and and you working with another coach like you have one yourself, Josh, myself, um, maybe even have two. But when you're a coach and you can allow yourself to be coached by somebody else and just allow yourself to learn, grow and and, and really take yourself into the hands of somebody else, you being a coach yourself, I think that's another huge thing. Uh, a big step in a coach's career because sometimes, you know, you hit, you hit that ego where it's like, well, you know, I'm a coach too. So do I really need a coach? And guys, we all need coaches. We We all need mentors. You know, physical therapists need physical therapists. Uh, Psychologists need psychologists. Trainers need trainers, you know, mindset coaches need mindset coaches, you know, whatever it is, we all need that. We
2: do, man. I, I agree with you 100%. I also do believe as coaches, we need to be our work as well. So, you know, obviously when we hit plateaus or, you know, when I'm getting negative or I start to, my negative belief systems start kicking in, I'm human. I know I teach people to have, you know, better habits, but I have to remind myself I got to be my work. Like mm-hmm. when I get nervous and I talk about people like tapping into their routines and mantras and self-talk, well, I got to do that too. You know, or, or that's not that, to me it doesn't feel right that I'm teaching you all this stuff and then I'm not doing it, right? It's true. Yep. So um, so before we get into cause I want to talk about the pandemic and adversity and how us coaches um how we're dealing with the pandemic, right? So before we get into that though, with your show, sweat it out. So far that you've been running your own show, what's been your most favorite show or favorite topic or favorite guest that you've had on?
1: That's hard. Yeah. That's Ooh. really, that's really hard. So many. Yeah. So many to choose from. Yeah. Different categories, different
3: topics, and some great ones.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, overall really, I, I like the fact that we're able to connect with so many different people in general, right. From so many different walks of life. We've had, you know, DJs in here, people who work in the nightlife industry in Miami, coaches, Olympians, you know, so to be able to hear so many different stories and so many different processes that have allowed people to get successful has been you know a tremendous value to our audience, but in particular us as well right i've I've seen a lot of growth in myself over the past five and a half months, you know, but it really, I would say I don't know we had you know. I would say probably some of the ones with our closest friends, you know, where we're just in here in the studio, kind of vibing and, and yeah. you know, joking around and, and going back and forth and also allowing us to be a little more vulnerable, right? And share some of the stories that people really do want to hear, you know, but are, make us hesitant to share because, oh, what are people going to think of us? You know, it's like, well, people, like you mentioned, we're humans. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we have problems.
3: No, I have to agree with that 100%. And I think Josh, you know, said it best. And I was about to say that, you know, hearing these, uh, our guests and our friends share their vulnerabilities, you know, sometimes there's even stuff I'm like, man, I didn't even know about about that, about you, dude. Cool. Like, right. wow. You know, so sometimes you even get to learn things that you didn't even know from a friend that you're like, what? Oh, yeah. shit. You know, and now they share it on here. So hearing that and them opening up and and, and then you as well as as, as the, the host of the show open you know, you being vulnerable with them and you opening up and sharing your experiences back and forth. um, It it just really sticks out to the audience where there might be something relatable. There might be something that sticks out, hit home run for them that maybe could have an effect on their life, whether it's from you as the host or from the guest, uh, whatever it is, there might be that one little word that just caught them the right way. And that's the beautiful thing about having so many diverse different guests is that you know, you don't know who that one might have an effect on your audience because all it did was take that the way they said it, the way they pronounced it, the energy they delivered it. Maybe it was that exact word that they put. Maybe the word was said differently than than another time. But that one moment can change that person's life or really hit them to do something that they haven't done or work on themselves.
2: Yeah. You know what? It's it's really funny because like some of the the guests I've had on my shows, um, I've been very fortunate to get some really beautiful, awesome guests, and you know some of them have been you know the best in their field, especially in the athletic you know side of the house. Mm-hmm. And you know when you think about one that comes up, Roger Craig, who was three times Super Bowl champion back in the '90s uh, with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Ronnie Lott and all them, you think you Cat know time. the st- big time, the catch. big time, right? <laughs> but you think you know the story because you've watched it as a kid. I watch them especially being from here in san francisco but then when you literally get them on and they're being vulnerable when he was dropping gems of uh, between him and bill walsh in the locker room that nobody wow. like as far as I've, known, I've never heard of it i'm like oh my gosh he's saying this on my show you know <laughs> or he's sharing with me you know this concept between him and jerry rice a hungry athlete versus a starving athlete and i'm like well what's that i've never heard of that in my life and you know and and to share that with you Everybody's hungry. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody, especially at the professional level, but are you starving for it? Are you willing to stay after practice? Get there early. Do extra. Whatever. Take Mm -hmm. care of your body. Recover even more. So he was sharing that whole concept, um, and it was a concept that him and you know Ronnie Lott and Jerry they all talked about. So it's just that little nugget that allows them to be vulnerable, and it's just a it's a beautiful experience.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bring that up too, because you know a lot, and I'm sure Anthony could could. Say the same thing. A lot of my friends have been like, "Well, I don't know how you do it. Like, how how do you go on the podcast and like you open up this way?" I'm like, "It's all I know, (laughs) you know. Like, it's all I. I just know how to be me, (laughs) right? You know, and like I'm pretty quiet, but you know, I I'm comfortable with you, you know. So I'll open up and I'll share things. It's like I am who I am, you know. I've made the mistakes I've made. I've done the great things that I've done, and they are what they are. Like, yeah, I need to get the message out there so that other people can learn from it." Totally, man. Well, and speaking of being vulnerable and opening up,
2: uh, especially right now with the pandemic, um, I think more, more than ever, we live in a very fear-based driven world, whether it's media or just people that don't have the tools right now, or don't are not allowing themselves to access the tools, just fear is overruling a lot of things around us. So, you know, as coaches, how has the pandemic affected your business or affected your mindset?
3: So, you know, off the bat, you know, I, I, I think everybody can say, you know, it caught everybody off guard, you know, whether you were the highest successful person, you know, nobody really wanted this. No, nobody wanted this. So nobody saw it coming off the bat. Everybody was in shock. Uh, What's going on? What is this? Is this real? Um, You know, so, I think it caught everybody by surprise. And obviously I think it made everybody worry somewhat, you know, some more than others, obviously, but I think everybody was kind of worried. My thing was, you know, and I guess it's just how I've always been. Um, And it was one of those things where I told myself, well, this is here. So just create that awareness of what's going on and what I have present. um, And then just move forward from there. What can I do now? What am I in control with? And what am I not in control in? And when I asked myself that and I started literally jotting down, I'm in control of this. I'm not in control of this. Well, great. I'm in control of all these amazing things that I know I can push forward to continue succeeding and for sure, at least get by from what's going on right now. Um, and it's just one of the things I work with my clients too. And a lot of people I just get in front of and I tell them, look guys, be aware of where you are currently and then realize what you're in control of and realize what you're not in control of. And then start focusing on what you and what you're in control of because way too many times and you know, we've been, we're victims. I mean, we've done it. You know, we try to control the uncontrollable and you're putting all this time and energy on trying to control the uncontrollable. That's all around us. You hear it from the media, the distraction, the, this going on, the, that, this, and it's like, as much as there's problems going on, we need to understand there's a lot of problems we can't control. And you need to fix what you can control first. And that's yourself. And if you can control what you can and you can work on yourself first, then that's more than enough because that's where the impact is created. That's where the success is created. That's when the best version of you is created. And then later on, you can start moving into bigger things and start helping other people and start pushing forward into in, in, in serving more people and being just a, a true advocate in whatever it is you're trying to do and really pour out your best. But if you don't start with you, you can't do that. You know, so understand what you can control and work from there. And trust me, you will see a lot of beautiful gains coming out of that.
2: It's, it's honestly, it's a great point because we hear this a lot in society, control the controllables. And, and I think we all get it, but sometimes when you're overwhelmed, like you don't know really where to go to control what and where to start. Right. It's kind of when someone says, Hey, focus, focus on what? Focus on my opponent, my breath, my body, my technique, the person in front of me, the environment. What do you want me to focus on, right? So exactly what you're saying, Anthony, is like there's three businesses in the world. There's God's business, other people's business, and your business. You can't control God's business like the pandemic and hurricanes and climate change and all that stuff. And other people's business, what they say and what they do, you can't control any of that. So when you realize what can you control your thoughts and your emotion, and your effort and your attitude and all that, and then really connect with that, that's where you start driving the car in the right direction. And then you can mm-hmm. start to realize when do, when things do get you out of focus, like I can't control that. Okay, let's get, let's get back to what I can't control. Yep. And, uh, it's taken me a long time to get that, but man, when I got it, I'm like, okay, now I'm driving the car in the right direction. So and we still fall out of it. at Oh us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I forget to put on the seatbelt sometimes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even think they have seatbelts where I come from.
2: <laughs> yeah. no, what, about, what about you, Josh? What about
1: kind of... I mean, you know? I, I can I completely agree with, with what you guys were, were talking about. And I think just to add to that, right, it was really realigning myself with my core values and my non-negotiables like Anthony always talks about, right? Is, what am I willing to accept from other people? And what am I not willing to accept from other people? What am I willing to accept from myself and what am I not? You know, I think before the pandemic, I was really on a roll training a ton of people, working on my online business, like grinding with social media. And I just got caught up in the day-to-day action of just doing things. Yeah. Right. But what was the purpose, as you mentioned, right? What what was I really doing these things for? Well, the answer was to make a lot of money, you know, and yeah. I Found myself not making the money that I was making before, even before the pandemic. And it wasn't until I realigned myself with my core values and really came and and thought about like, okay, morally, what do I believe in? You know, socially, what do I believe in? Fiscally, what do I believe in? With my business, with whatever, with my family, with friends, what do I want them to think about me? And what do I want to think about myself when I'm around them? You know, so bringing myself to those values and 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 realigning with those has cleared up a lot of, you know, convoluted messages in my own head for me. You know, and made things and made those decisions like you were talking about, made it a lot easier to make those decisions on the fly. It was pretty is a super simple way to go about it. These are my f- you know, five, ten values. Does this action align with those? If it's yes, do it. If it's not, avoid it at all costs. Right.
2: You know, both of you are saying this in indirectly in different ways, but and I've been talking about this a lot with the pandemic. Uh, it's about connection. You're mm-hmm. connecting yourself, stay connected with yourself, your craft, your core values, right? Stay connected to the things you can't control, create some awareness, but also stay connected to the people that feed you. Right? So we're, we're here on this earth. I believe, is to give and receive our energy and also to solve problems. But, but the core of it is, is energy. So, if we're staying connected to the things we're talking about and feeding you know people and having them feed us to me like you were saying anthony people are kind of waiting for this thing to happen or get over with no man like i'd rather be ahead of the curve ahead of the ball right you know just about to score the touchdown right when it's like everything's quote unquote normal mm-hmm. and that's what i've been just teaching a lot of athletes is like this is where you do all the hard work in the dark so you can shine in the light so when it's time for you to play or to perform or unexpectedly, the light is shined on you. Your number's called. You're, you're ready to go. You're not going backwards to go forward. You're there, right? You've arrived. So, so I love that. I, I can keep on talking to you guys for hours, man. This is
1: oh, same here. Oh, We're having great. a great time. I love, I love it.
2: it. Yeah. But let me ask you one question here before we close up. Um, and I love it's all about reflection. So I'm sure we've all done that right now during the, during these times. But really quick, individually, I'll start with you, Anthony. When you reflect on your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself?
3: I think what I've learned the most about myself throughout the starting point of my career, I think would have to be the fact that this is tough because you know I've I've actually thought about this deeply. I would say I've learned about myself that I'm more I'm more capable of what I thought I could be, and the reason I'm saying that is because you know through my upbringing, through a lot of stuff I faced, through the way that I I took on challenges, I wasn't the most confident, even though I played sports. And yeah, I might have been the captain for the team at times. And I I, I might have appeared in certain positions at being the strong position, the strong mentally. But in reality, deep inside, I was never truly the most confident. I was never truly the one that would you know want to show up and give a presentation in class. I was always doubting myself, never thought I was going to be able to own up to some of the things I wanted, you know, and, and, and I had certain circumstances during my, with my family that were negative and hindered on my thought processes and where I wanted to move in life. And it wasn't honestly until I had a period, a, a point where I left Miami for six months, went to New York, lived with my cousin and I got out of the bubble. And when I got out of that bubble of being here in Miami, with that, some of that negativity and ener- that negative energy pulling me back. Yeah. It made me realize that I can do more. It made me realize that I had more. It made me realize that I was meant for more. And it made me realize that, you know, I can be a believer in the things I believe. And that's why I wear a, bl- a bracelet that says believer every day. Cause I am a believer, you know, and I, and I am a true believer in the things that I, I can, ac- can accomplish and will accomplish. And for me, it was that, It was, it was that knowing and that awareness of understanding that, you know what? I am meant for more. I am meant to serve others. I am meant to be able to be the best version of myself. I am meant to be here on this earth doing some amazing things that I know I can do as long as I work hard, work smart, stay consistent, have good moral values, provide for the world. And it was that awakening. And if I, and honestly, if it wasn't for me removing myself out of that bubble, I don't know exactly how things would be now. I don't know maybe when that awakening would have happened, but that moment for me was a true awakening. And I'm and I'm glad I had that jump. And I think that sometimes in life, we have to remove ourselves out of certain situations to be able to have an awakening, uh, whether it's take yourself out of your household, move somewhere else, remove yourself out of your group of friends that maybe are not serving you, uh, remove yourself out of a current place so you're not unhappy and it's only, drain, it's only draining you and pulling you down. And sometimes removing ourselves out of situations or certain things where it's completely okay. Yeah. Um, and, and taking yourself out of that, to be able to think, reflect uh, and truly, you know, have time for you, which a lot of people sometimes don't make time for themselves and really find yourself. And for me, that that's truly, um, what, what hit me and, and what I truly, um, stick to every single day is, is, is that was my, my thing. You know, you, you also, again, you make another great point,
2: whether if it is to move yourself out of the environment that you live in, but sometimes when we get so stressed out or we get, we're overanalyzing and that hamster in our brain is going hundred miles an hour. Sometimes you just, the best thing you can do is get out of that environment that you're feeling stressed out or feeling the pressure and get out of it. So you can change your, your paradigm. And for me, I love getting like when I'm sitting in this office and there's times where I get a little stressed out and when I get out outside my backyard, and I put some music on my headphones, and I go trip out on nature—is what I call it. There we go, man. I just like I can see like it's just nuts, like what music does to my blood system and my whole everything just goes into second gear. But I can see like the energy come off the plants, depending if the you know the sun's coming out. So but it's just, it's just little things like that. Like it, yes, you can go change and go live in another state, another city, get a completely different energy charge and per perspective. But sometimes, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, just change, change the environment, man, empower yourself to make that, that choice. So that's cool. That's great. What about you, Josh? What do you think you've learned the most by yourself?
1: For me, it was really just to, you know, be myself in general. Right. Like own who I am as a person, own what I believe in, you know, own the types of relationships that I want to have with people and and be comfortable with with those decisions. You know, I was never popular in high school. I was one of those kids that, you know, was part of the athletic group, but I was the outsider. You know, I was ne- I, I got picked on a lot as a kid. I was alone a lot because my mom was a single parent. She was working a ton. You know, I didn't have a ton of friends even until like I It wasn't until I got later in my college career that I really started to feel comfortable around uh, the people that I was with. And luckily, you know, there's some of my best friends now. But back then, it was was difficult for me to want to like express who I was and and be the type of person that I knew I could be because I was always thinking in the back of my head, like, well, what if they don't like me? Well, what if this doesn't work out? Well, what if that? You know, so just letting go of that and just being the type of person that I want to be. And, you know, even with what we do now in our careers, like, I'm not, you know. You won't always see me with a giant smile, like from ear to ear on my right. face. I'm just not that person, you know. But for so long, people tell me, "Oh, you're on camera. You got to smile. You got to be peppy." Like, I always felt really awkward. I was like, I can't do that. Like, I, you know, <laughs> right. I just, I have a, I have a scowl on my face. Just, you know, who, who <laughs> I am doesn't mean that I'm not friendly. But my face, my face doesn't always tell it, you know, so just being really comfortable with who I was, you know, I was never the captain of the team. I was, you know, I always had to work hard for everything I had. I always had to work on my technique and get the reps in and fail often and fail fast. Like you were mentioning, you know, so just being comfortable with all those things, like being comfortable with the flaws that I have and and working on the ones that I think are, are really holding me back, but also, you know, giving myself praise for the accomplishments that I've I've gone through already, you know, because there are a lot of them. And as you know, as Anthony and I talk about all the time on our podcast, is as a high performer, you're always looking forward, you know, always, always, always. So it's, it's super, super easy to be hard on yourself and get down, you know, because we don't have the time to look back when you want to accomplish a million things. But looking back is what gives you the motivation to be able to accomplish all those things and to be able to be resilient and to have grit, like we were mentioning earlier on the podcast. You know, so for me, just being comfortable, you know, in my own skin, who I am as a person. And again, right, going back to those non-negotiables, like if you can accept that I'm, you know, this wacky, silly person who's also an introvert. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the person for you. You know, maybe we'll have like a little less substantial relationship and that's fine. But for those that want to be a, a integral part of my life, you know, I try to do everything I can to, to give back what I receive from them. So, you know, just feeling comfortable in my skin and, and being the type of person that I know I can be.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, self-acceptance it's, it's huge. And especially when you're coaching and you're coaching a lot of, it's different one-on-one I think for me at least, but when I'm coaching a ton of people, 30, 40, a hundred people, there's a lot of perspectives that are going on about you. And if you're not good with you and locked in and you start getting like, you know, creating story that throws you off. And you know, when I first started doing this work, I remember working with a high school and I remember and building a good relationship with the team, but it was four or five weeks into it when they started to lose a little bit. So things were kind of cracking a little bit within the culture. And they rebounded, uh, thankfully on that, unfortunately. But I remember there was a time in a session where there was like a group of them that were just totally disconnected. And they were laughing. They were like not, not paying attention, not participating. And I started to make it more about me. And I remember I started to get upset, like in my mind. And I remember getting, getting done with it. I call up my mentor and I'm pissed off. Like, I'm like, they they disrespected me and this and that. And he was like, dude, you're making this more about you than them. And he goes, when's the last time you were 17 living in this day and age? And I'm like, well, good point. He's like, you don't know what's going on with them at all. So just stay in your lane. And, but it was, it took me probably a month because I was second guessing myself So I just had to like, before going into these sessions, I literally had to drop into that self-acceptance mindset, if you will, and give myself permission. Like you are free from thinking these kind of negative thoughts. You are free. You can be free and be yourself. Like don't let a 16 year old, seven year old change the way that you actually feel about yourself.
1: Right. Right. No, it's, it's so important, you know, for, for your mental health and just, you know, your overall success in life you know whatever it may be like you attract the people that are attracted to you right so if you're putting off this this false bravado or this false you know sense of who you want people to think you are then you're going to attract the wrong people but if you are who you are you're going to attract the people that are going to want to elevate you and are going to want to be a part of your life in a positive manner
3: and and like one thing i want to say is just guys like don't be scared to go out there and really show who you are. Don't be scared to put yourself out in the world. Don't be scared to take that step, that leap of faith, or take that jump. Don't be scared as much as it is scary. Don't be scared to enter that unknown uh, because most of the times when you go to the other side of the unknown, it might be, it's gonna be much greater than what you thought, especially when you feel that it's for you, especially when you feel that you have to do it, especially when you feel deep inside that this can be your calling, this can be the answer. Don't be scared to enter that unknown um, and literally fight through that fight through that battle of getting to the other side. And something I love to always say um, within within that, don't be scared to move. Don't be scared to take action. And the reason I'm going to say that is because the world doesn't stop moving for you. So why are you going to stop moving for the world? Right. Exactly,
2: man man, it's, it's the unknown, the unexpected adversity, man. It's, it's what I've learned the most about the pandemic is that on the other side of a, of, of a crisis, because we all have different means of what a crisis looks like and feels like to me, I've learned that as soon as I feel like there's a crisis, there's an opportunity. And mm-hmm. what I've learned through this pandemic, pan, like the, the opportunity for me is that I've gotten reconnected with my creativity whether if it is with video or social media or doing different things, I have more space now in time. But behind me, my bass and my guitar and all my drums and my software, I'm like, I'm creating tons of stuff now. Um, but that's the opportunity. Like it, it had, this whole pandemic made me pause. And it allowed me to pause to actually get reconnected to my creativity. So it's been kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that's got to be a great feeling. I know we, we you know 100% feel the same way and, and have had the same type of reflection. And, and understanding about you know what the future holds if you put in put in hard work and and are just an honest person.
2: Totally, man. Totally. Well, how can my listeners? How can they listen to your podcast and follow what you guys are doing? Connect with you guys on social media. Uh,
1: so the Sweat It Out podcast. You can find us if you want to watch the full video. You can find them on our YouTube channel, Sweat It Out podcast. If you are only listen to the audio, you can find it anywhere. Podcasts are are heard, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, my handle is at the movement coach, the M V M T coach, and my website the same thing, the M V M T coach.com.
3: If you guys want to find me, uh, my Instagram handle is Mendez Fitness, M-E-N-D-E-Z fitness. Uh, my email is mendezfitnesspro at gmail.com. Um, or Anthony at mendisfitness.com. And there's also my website, MendisFitness.com and YouTube MendisFitness.com.
1: Everything he, Mendis. MendisFitness. He's a legend. <laughs> he's a legend. But uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast, please, please reach out to us. You know, yeah. we're we're only he, we can only be as great of a coach as the people that seek our help. So, you know, we're here Save for better. you guys. Uh, this has been an amazing opportunity. I mean, we align with so much of, of what your podcast is about and and what you are about as a person and as a business owner. So and thank, really thank you for that. having us on. We yeah, really, really do appreciate the opportunity. It's
3: truly amazing to be able to just connect, vibe, and, and once again, the energy yeah. that comes out of this. I think it's the most beautiful part to be able to understand and also realize too where I think sometimes people feel like you know, oh my God, everybody's lost. But when you start actually connecting with people doing these podcasts, you actually really like, hey, you know what? There are a lot of people that are working on themselves too. There are a lot of people that are actually trying to better themselves. There are a lot of people out there that are trying to do better and help others. Um, And you just got to find those people, guys. You got to find those people and stick with those people and and, and then collaborate. And yeah. use that collaboration to go out there and and support and drive more energy into the people that need it, that are, are maybe currently lost and need to hear that voice.
2: Totally. We got to plug into it, man. We got to plug into each other. I love it, man. Well, this has been awesome. And your energy, what you guys are doing, man. I your mindsets are are locked in. I loved it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable, man. It means a lot. I know my listeners are gonna love it. So I want my all my listeners to go check them out, check out the podcast, sweat it out. I sweat it out when you're listening to it as well. So oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is, man. So thank you again. And I really appreciate it, guys. Really, really do.
3: Yeah, thank you. Much love to everybody.